data has just surpassed oil as the most valuable resource on the planet. Information is king. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Hello, listeners. Welcome to an edition of your personal branding podcast. And this particular episode, we're looking at how you can use data to drive your business growth as a startup, as an established entrepreneur. What are the clear-cut analytics that you need to cause your business to grow? And my guests today are AJ and Megan. AJ and Megan, welcome to the podcast show. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here with you all. Yeah, thanks so much. As a pleasure, I treasure. <laughs> I like that. Well, so in a data-driven economy where data is the juice and the fuel of business success, what do startups and organizations need to help them to scale up their businesses and know that where exactly they are putting their money and the returns on their investment? My guest today is going to expose us into how this can be done. And I have with me the co-founders of Praxis. Metrics. That's praxismetrics.com. AJ and Megan. AJ and Megan, welcome to the podcast show again. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we're excited to dive in. So, how is data important in this economy? <laughs> That's a big question, <laughs> but it's one that we love to answer. Uh, how is it important? Well, we believe that no matter what size business you are in, uh, or what industry you're in, that everybody is in the data business. It data is everywhere. It's it's not uh, it's not something that's called big data anymore. It's everyone has data that needs to be using in their business. So that is it's. Let's just put that as the the precedent that data is super important. Now yeah. the important question is then, what data specifically, and how do we make sure that we're looking at the right data to grow our businesses? Yeah, and and before everybody you know glazes over and tune out because they're not nerds and they don't like the <laughs> word data. Um, really, anytime we're talking about data in your business, just think about that as information, okay? Right. If we're talking about your client data, that's simply information about your clients. If we're talking about your revenue data, it's just insights on your revenue, right? And every business owner, every entrepreneur wants more information because that's how we grow and that's how we know what's working and what's not working, right? So information in your company helps you become knowledgeable. And when you're knowledgeable, you can then, you can infer things. Like you can know that something's going to happen, right? And if you know something's going to happen, you can take action from that. And so really, anytime we're talking about data, we don't want people to think that it has to be super complex or that it has to be really big data. Like AJ said, we really just want you to think about all of their systems that you're currently using, all of the programs on your computer are all collecting information on the back end, right? They're all programmatically saving, you know, what clients are doing, what clients are buying, when they're buying it, how much they're buying, which products, what products are they buying in what order, right? Or how often are they coming to your site? Where did they come to your site from? Ad spend. Yeah, how much do you spend Affiliates. on acquiring a customer? Yeah. So all of this, I just want everybody to just, you know, 
take a deep breath because we're not going to get too technical on this call. Really, it's talking about right now, every company has all of this data on the back end of their systems, but, and it's tracking natively, but a lot of client, a lot of people and companies don't know what they can do with that data, right? And so one of our goals with Praxis Metrics is to help educate really help because every every business goes through these different cycles of growth and at each stage there's something that you can be doing and taking action from your data with and we want to help you understand right now even if you think oh I'm not ready to analyze my data or oh I'm not ready for a database that's okay there are still very important things that you need to be doing right now to help you prepare yourself for when that day comes we like to call that kind of the data maturity spectrum so no matter where you are, there's action you can take. So I think what we'll do today is probably start at the very beginning, right? So if you're a small company... Well, is that, I just want to check in first. Is that, does that kind of help set the precedence, or do you have any other questions you think your audience... Exactly. Would so the first thing audience need to know that data is not anything nerdy, techy. Yes, relax. Data is just information you're collecting about your clients, your customers, and about your business. So data, understand that data on the basic level is information, making decisions with information. I think we are right on track then. Great. Awesome. Perfect. So business maturity. Yeah. But, yeah. Data, data, data maturity. maturity. If you're at the beginning of your business, right. And, and, you, and you're maybe pre revenue or just a little bit of revenue right now. One of the biggest things that you can do that will help you in the future is start collecting data. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just information. So a lot of us use CRMs. Um, customer relationship management tools, right? A lot of us use POS systems, right? Points of sale. Or Google Analytics. Or Google Analytics. And all of these systems, they don't natively track everything right out of the box. There is some setup that has to happen, right? So think about Google Analytics. I think that's a good universal example because most businesses have a website. Google Analytics is a tracking tool that you can turn on, but there are some really awesome advanced features that you can turn on with Google Analytics that are not turned on when you first install yeah, not it. out of the box. Things like if you're selling actual products on your website, you need enhanced e-commerce setup. If, you ha- if you're trying to walk people through a funnel or walk them through a journey and you want to understand that journey later on of what they clicked on, what they what they read, where they what videos they watched, and more need... specifically, the conversion rates at each of these steps, mm-hmm. right? Understanding their journey and how they're doing from one step to the other, whether it's e-commerce physical product or it's a digital product, it doesn't matter. All of that is trackable inside of Google Analytics. Yeah, in the form of custom goals, right? Tra- uh, triggering events. Uh, there's just a lot of a lot of different setups. We don't have to go mm-hmm. into the details, but all of that is t- requires someone who knows what they're doing to set up the tracking in the right way to make sure what we want to measure is getting tracked. Yeah, because you can never create data from scratch in the future, right? So let's say three years down the road, you finally have revenue and you're like, hey, I want to go back and I want to look at all my clients and how they found us and what and what they read and how much they, how long they stayed on these pages and, and what really led them to purchase. You can't go back and get that data if it wasn't being tracked in the first place. So our very foundational point for any company out there, no matter how big or small you are, make sure that you have your systems tracking as much as possible right now. Even if you don't think that it's valuable yet, that data will be super valuable in a couple years or in a couple months when you go back to look at it. Does that make sense? Sure. So the first thing that 
startups or entrepreneurs need to know that once you have an e-commerce website, a site that you're looking forward to monetize or selling any product or services, right from the word go, find ways to track these information. I don't want to use the word data. So that you can make informed decisions in the near future, whether three months or a year after. Because without that, without these information, you cannot make better decisions. Are we on track? Correct. Right on track. And the more more things that are tracked up front, the better. So sure. more is better than less in, in this situation. In the, yeah, it is. And and some people get overwhelmed by that. Some people get nervous because they're like, oh, well, I don't want to have to look at all of that. You don't have to. It's okay. You can hire somebody else to look at it, but it is valuable information. Imagine if you have more information about your customers than your competition. Guess who's going to win? Whoever has more information is always going to win and it's going to help you attract better clients. It's going to help you educate your existing clients and it's going to help you upsell them, right? So more information from a data perspective is better. Now, that being said, as business owners, you, you don't necessarily have to be the one analyzing it or reviewing all of it, but your marketers will want that information. Your sales reps will want that information. Your, you know, project managers or whatever industry you're in, there is somebody who will be able to look at that later on and have great insight out of that because really it's just giving them a better idea of what is happening. Right. Right. So, so that's our first. Let me, let me break it down a little bit for uh, listeners again. So here again, don't think that Getting all these data may be overwhelming, great, and you don't know what to do with it. But the point is that your goal is to find ways to track these data. It is someone else's expertise to analyze this data for better decision-making. So don't think you need to handle everything by yourself. Yes, exactly. And you don't have to be a data scientist to do this. Mm -hmm. You could have failed math class, and you just have to really understand what the metrics are that are going to move the needle for you. So that kind of gets into... For business owners, they need to understand and ask the right business questions, right? So you're going to track the data, but now it's about what are the business questions you need answers to right now that you haven't been able to get that are going to really drive your revenue forward right now. And it's not a hundred questions. It's what are those five or 10 that are going to really help you focus Mm. because you're going to track a lot of things. But now, right now at this point in the next month or so, what is really important? And usually that's driven by sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, so foundational level, when you're starting out, the, the goal is track as much data as possible because you'll need it later on. Once you have that, and then once you've kind of evolved a little bit, then you can take a step back and start to analyze the data. All right. And this is something that you can outsource or it's something that you can do yourself if you're nerdy and you just like to play around with it. Right. You can start going through and start. There's two ways to look at this. Number one is you can ask the business questions that you are that you need answers to. Right. Like, well, where are my best customers coming from? That's a great question that every business should know without a shadow of a doubt. They should have a black and white answer saying, our top paying customers that are raving fans, here's the efforts that drove them finding us. That's an example of you asking a question and then digging into the data to find the answer. There's another way that you can do this by looking at all of the data and then it sparks questions, right? So sometimes clients will start looking at their financials and they'll look at, oh wow, we have a lot of refunds. Why are we getting refunds? 
or why are we getting chargebacks, right? That's a way of, you know, looking at the data first and then reverse engineering what questions you need to be asking. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So first things first, get the data. Then secondly, analyze the data whenever you have the time, right? And and part of that, I want to speak to that part because Mm -hmm. sometimes people say, I don't have enough time in the day as it is, but you've got a time block at least an hour or two a week to sit down and focus on that data, right? And it's it may, whether it's you by yourself or it's you and a teammate, you've got to make the time to do this. This is the analyst, analysis time. But if you don't put it on your calendar, for us, this is what we do with our clients, mm-hmm. it doesn't happen. So you've got to take the time to look at the data working on the business as opposed to being in it. Yeah, and, and on that note, I do want to challenge you a little bit on that, but also <laughs> um, second that because... You know, every week or two weeks, you have to do, uh, you, you really have to look at your numbers just to see if you're on track to answer those high level business questions. But then you also probably at least, at least once a year need to do a deep dive into those other questions that you might not look at on a weekly or bi-monthly basis. So I'll give a spe- specific example on this right. because even, even we as a company, we get caught up in running the business, right? We have, you know, as co-founders, we both have to work 80 hours a week just to run the business. And then on top of that, to go and make time to work in, or we have to work in the business. Mm-hmm. So to, to make time to work on the business is sometimes draining as an entrepreneur and as a founder. But if you can make this, if you can set aside this time, then it can really lead to some big ahas. So for example, we always look at our numbers. I would say, every other week or at least once a month. And then once a year, we really, really spend some dedicated time. I mean, like a week analyzing our own business, looking at all of the trends, looking at all of the customers, looking at all of the operations, the sales, the finance, everything. And we did this last year. And and I really want to drive this home because people don't realize that they could be one data-driven decision away from exponential growth in their organization. And AJ and I, you know, speaking as founders, you know, we've had this company for five years. And, and as every business owner knows, the first couple years, you are focused on customer acquisition and really trying to close deals, right? And then you hit a point where you hopefully reach exponential growth. And after four years, we had a good agency. It was minimally profitable, but it was, it was good, right? And at the end of the year, we went back and did a deep, deep dive, and we actually spent two full weeks looking at every number we could find in our business. Oh. And what we found was one answer <laughs> to a question that we were asking, which was, how can we scale this business? Mm-hmm. And we found that there was one big area of waste in our organization. We found that as an agency, we charge for the hours that we work. And because we're so passion driven and because we care a lot about our clients, a lot of times we over deliver. And that over delivering means that we get raving fans and we get, you know, repeat customers, which is fantastic. But what we found is that it was actually yielding very, very little profits because mm-hmm. we would charge a client for 50 hours of work. And then we'd work a hundred and so it started to add up and we didn't realize because, you know, working in the business, you're like, Oh, we'll just work a little more. Oh, it's no big deal. And when we added it up at the end of the year, we realized that we'd written off almost $500,000 in, in billable revenue. 
And we said, well, that's our entire profit margin right there that we just literally walked away from. Whoops. (laughs) Right. And so what we did is once that was, I mean, and, and here's the thing is in the business, you know, you know, these things a little bit, but until you really put it all together into this big pile, you don't realize how big that pile is. Mm. So what we did is we said, okay, next month, our goal is to write off just 75% or 25% less than we wrote off last month. Mm. <laughs> and the next month, let's write off 25% less than that, right? Let's just do incremental goals. And what happened was phenomenal. Yeah. It revolutionized our entire business. And as business owners, we were afraid. We're like, well, if we don't over deliver, maybe our clients won't like us as much. Maybe they won't yeah. purchase as much. And those were lies that we told ourselves (laughs) and we ended up growing exponentially. So we're up 350% year over year. Our profit margins are up by a thousand percent and our team has grown and we're now 10, 10 times what we were last year simply because we're getting paid for the work that we're doing. Now I'm not saying that's the one metric that will solve everybody's problems, but imagine if in your business, you're one metric away and one action away from exponential growth and exponential profits. That's amazing. So that if, if you hadn't tracked and analyzed your data, you'd have been losing out five hundred thousand every year or even more. But until you had analyzed that data, you wouldn't have unlocked that golden key to the business exponential growth. Yeah. And and that's the definition of insanity is doing the same thing (laughs) over and over again and expecting different results. But in order for you to do something different, you have to know what to do differently. And in order to know what to do different, you need more information, which is data. Mm. Right. So we're very passionate about this because we're practitioners of what we preach, right? It is, it is baked into our organization. And, and even though we, you know, sometimes don't put as much effort on it as we should, we always come back to it. And, and every time we do, it's huge. And we, and what's, what's fantastic is that we see this all the time. We had a client and actually go ahead and tell them about, uh, the one who had the, who was about to cut the funnel. Oh, yeah. So, Probably most everybody knows about a marketing funnel, right? We mm-hmm. opt in and a sales page and trying to sell something. But we had a client that came to us and they, they thought they knew their lifetime value of customers, which is a very, very important metric. Yeah. So they knew pretty much that they could spend this amount. Yeah. Every- so let's give example numbers. So they, the customers were coming back and purchasing $20 of products in their lifetime. So they knew that they could afford to spend $10 up front to acquire the customer. Mm-hmm. Right. Knowing that later on they'd purchase another 10. But that meant that they were going out and spending $10 to acquire them. And they were thinking that their LTV was 20. Yeah. But that's why they hired us was to to bring truth to that. Because they were running this funnel and it wasn't working. And unfortunately, yeah, it was only breaking even. And they were willing to break even a little bit on the front end, knowing that people were going to buy on the back end. But they weren't seeing the true LTV that gave them a little bit more cushion. So they were, they were at about 12 to 15 sales a day through this funnel on Facebook ads, right? Advertising. Um, but they wanted to really scale this. So once we found out their lifetime value was actually worth more. It was like 40. $40 as opposed to 20. That's significant, especially in the numbers that they were doing, a large company doing a lot of, a lot of ad spend. So, so this is going to move the needle. So all they did 
once they learned that they actually were making $40 per customer, they decided to add $5 to their cost per acquisition, meaning they're spending five more dollars to acquire a customer. Instead of 20, instead of 10, it's 15 now. Just that one little change within two weeks, it netted 300 to three, 300 to 400 customers at close a day. So they went from 10 to 15 sales a day to 300 to 400 a day within two weeks of just changing that one thing. And within a month, they were yielding 600 sales a day from that one funnel because the numbers told a story and they were able to afford a little more on the front end. They, they thought that they were at the ceiling, but the ceiling was much higher. And so just that $5 adjustment yielded a massive profit for them. And then they, they but they, here's the thing. They almost wasted money by cutting that funnel. Mm. Look at all the time, energy, and money it takes to build out a good marketing campaign, not only to write the ads and run all that, it saved them from all of this wasted time, energy, and money. And now they've got a profitable funnel there. And then they recreated that and looked at all their other funnels and said, oh, what is our real lifetime value of a customer? Can we afford to, uh, to do this? And sometimes you can't. Sometimes mm-hmm. customers will find out, oh, our, our LTV is not 20. It's actually, you know, 14. Well, that's, a, that's even, yeah. that's even worse. So then you need to cut the way. So it's a different action. Yeah. We required. had another client coming to us who was spending like 30 grand a day on mm-hmm. ads and they thought that they knew their LTV. And so they're like, oh, we can afford this. We can afford this $15 per client. And they didn't realize that the, that the clients were only coming back and buying $12 total. And so they were actually just flushing money down the drain, down the drain, down the drain. And they were losing, you know, in six weeks, they lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because they didn't realize that the customers weren't upselling. And so it's, you know, the, the data tells a story. And if you can really capture as much information as possible, you can really see where you need to cut these areas of waste and double down on the areas of opportunity. And I really want to bring this home for any audience members who like, if these numbers seem really, really big and kind of out of, out of the league of where you are, if that's okay, just scale that down to where you are right now. Even $30 a day. Even $30 a day, like small numbers. This still is going to stack up. There's $5 could have a massive uh, difference in your business. It's really looking at what, are, do we have this data tracked? And at every single iterative process, are we looking at the data to see if it's working? Is our opt-in page actually converting these customers? Okay, from there on the next page, are people actually buying? Instead of looking at too much data, it's what is the data that's really, really important for me to understand if this marketing campaign or sales campaign is working? I hope, does that make sense? Right. Someone listening to us now at this moment, hearing about all these things that first need to do is to just track track data and to analyze, ask important questions. Sometimes the data may, may compel you to ask other questions. Then you make informed decision based on that. Now the question on their mind is, what do I need to do at this moment for my business organization now? Hearing about this, what is the next step? What do I do? How do I handle this? Right now, for your business or your listeners, like, I mean, that's really a, a large question because I everybody's would- at different places, but... I would, I would kind of ask yourself the questions, where are we right now with our data maturity, right? Do we need to go and implement more tracking so that we can collect data? Or do we already have the data and we need to go find somebody who can help us interpret the data and take action from it? I think doing an, uh, just an audit of where you are right now in your business with your technologies and with your data, I think that is the, that is the one thing that every business owner 
can do and should do from listening from to this because just asking these questions and going through and looking at your state of the union, right? What are we doing right now and what do we need to do? Another piece of that is making sure you get all of your data in one place. So we, it's kind of, you know, it can be called spreadsheet hell, but in the beginning mm -hmm. stages, when you're starting off, you may not be able to afford a BI tool or something right now, and that's okay. But you need to start looking at your data in one place, and that may be pulling those things into a Google Sheet or an Excel file so that you can see your most important numbers all in one place. That makes things a lot easier, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we're, when we're talking about this data maturity, there's really an evolution that happens. First thing that most people do is they're like, well, let's start with spreadsheets because that's easy or cheap or free. And most people have somebody who knows Excel. Yeah, and right. so what they'll do is they'll manually log into each of the different platforms, mm -hmm. each of the different systems, and they'll extract those key pieces of information like, hey, how many visitors did we have on the site? We'll go into Google. We'll collect that. Then how many people clicked on this? Well, we'll go into Facebook and we'll, we'll click on that ad and see how many people clicked. And then how many people purchased? Well, let's go into our transaction data and let's do that. And then they'll, they'll put that in a spreadsheet so that they can create their own key performance indicators, right? Whether it's conversion rates, whether it's opt-in rates, whatever it may be, right? That is stage one. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that right now, that's a great first step because what it does is it helps you understand what data is valuable. If you're already doing that, if you've got some smart team member or you're doing it, um, what ends up happening is you reach a threshold where that becomes too much. Yeah. It's a lot of manual effort. And really, why, why pay somebody or invest time in doing something that a robot can do for you? It's 2019. Everything can be automated. And so what we do is on the back end is we just code it so that it all pipes in automatically, right? So that removes human waste, human error, and a lot of manual time, right? So that's stage one is doing it in, in spreadsheets. Stage two is automating it. And then stage three is visualizing it because a lot of people are looking at it in a tabular form. Yeah. And it's, it's not that easy to, to take action from these because it's not as easy to see historical trends, anomalies, patterns, and opportunities in a spreadsheet. However, when you put it into what AJ referenced as a BI tool, a business intelligence tool, that allows you to use, you know, AI and, and algorithms to look for these hidden opportunities and to really put them in visuals that tell yeah. a story, right? That, hey, I see that spike. Why did that spike happen? And what do we need to go do to make that spike happen again? Right. A lot of times you can just glaze over when you're in spreadsheets and not see these awesome trends. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the third phase is to visualize the data. And that exactly means that you need a more, a let me use the word advanced tool to help you visualize the data so that you can interpret it properly. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yep. And there's a lot of fantastic tools on the market that do this, um, but most of them are not turnkey. Most of them are not natively going to tell you what KPIs you need or what insights are important to you. And that's why it's important that the tool will never uh, drive your business decisions. What you'll need is an analyst or a data scientist to help you understand that, right? And, and a lot of companies aren't ready to dedicate a, an entire budget to their data, um, but they have an entire budget for their marketing or for sales. 
And what we're here to say is that every company needs to start thinking about their data as one of their most valuable resources. Data has just surpassed oil as the most valuable resource on the planet. Information is king. Data is your new competitive advantage. If you know more than your competition, you win. In fact, you know, um, there's an example that we give. Caesar's Palace in Vegas went bankrupt. Mm. And think of all of the land that they have, all of the, the, the physical assets that they own in real estate, in furniture, in all of these things. And the one thing that was listed on their you know, bankruptcy sheet as their biggest asset was none of that. It was the data that they had collected on all of their clients, customers, and these purchasing trends and patterns. Of which was very um, interesting to their competitors. Exactly. Because they were going to be able to get the assets from years and years and years of customer data. That's all they wanted, not the other assets. So think about your business. Think about every interaction that you have with clients as a learning opportunity. And so that's why it's important to track it down. Every single thing that happens in your business is information that will help you later on make more informed, better decisions. And every company that we have seen that has scaled exponentially, they don't do a lot of things really well. What they do is they find one thing that is crushing it and they put every, all of their effort into it, all of their resources, all of their focus into that. And then once they have that exponential growth, they can expand. They have the revenue and the profits to expand and do other things well. As, but you have to first break through. And the way you do that is by finding out what's working really well in your business and just doubling down on it. And you do that through knowing what's working and not. <laughs> and that is using data. Yeah. Yes. So as we round up, what are the key take home for listeners and actionable things to do now? Well, pretty much what we already said there is like come up with uh, a list of your business questions. Yeah. Right. Um, what are the top questions that you're either asking your team right now or asking yourself right now that you don't have answers to or that you you're, you're getting answers to, but they take a long time. Right. Just make that list of, of business questions that you want answers to. That's step one. Then that will help you decide what needs to be tracked to answer those questions. Step two, most people have the online business. Most of the time, nine times out of 10, Google Analytics is not set up the right way. Mm -hmm. So at least let's go to the low-hanging fruit. And this is something that our, our company can help with as well. We do audits uh, and we all have implementations where we do this for companies on a daily basis. This is something we love to do. But you need to get Google Analytics tracking, tracking online, especially if you're doing any kind of business online. Get Google Analytics, which is a free tool and a massively powerful tool when used correctly. Get that dialed in. That's the second one. And then third is really one, I, I think it's like, if you're not already putting it into a spreadsheet at least, start start having someone on your team gather the data in one place so that you can have your different pieces of data in one spreadsheet. I think yep. those are the top three things. Uh, and then the fourth say. is if, if, you, if you've done all of that and you're ready to take your business to the next level, then it's, you know, hire somebody to help you analyze and automate your data processes. And, and that's kind of what Praxis does. 
Um, but you don't have to use Praxis. You can have somebody internally do this too, but those are the steps that you need to take in order to really grow and to become mature with the information that you have. Yep. If you want to, if you want help, you can always go to our website and, uh, fill out the form to talk to a data expert to get a data strategy session, which can help point you in the right direction. If it's a good fit for us, uh, great. If not, you can, you we'll can point you in the right direction. Point you in the right direction. Yeah. So listeners, the website is praxismetrics.com. And talk to yep. the expect, right? Yeah. Yep. It's P-R-A-X-I-S metrics, M-E-T-R-I-C-S dot com. Okay. AJ Megan, I mostly ask this question. What would be your billion dollar advice to the world in the area of branding and data? What would you say? Yeah. Yeah. I would hmm. say with branding specifically, a lot of people think that data only has to do with like ones and zeros and, and you know, like transactions and money. Um, that's not the case. You can have creative data too. So imagine, especially with split testing, split testing is all data. Imagine you create your brand and you have two different websites that you're testing out. And AJ used to run a digital marketing agency and, and we deal with this all the time where we realize, hey, if you put this button on the right-hand side versus the left-hand side, it actually increases conversions by 3%. If you, if you use this shade of orange rather than that shade of blue, it will decrease uh, conversions by 1%, right? So you can start tracking things within your brand too, right? When you change the, the picture on your page, does it increase traffic? Does it, do people actually engage more, right? You can get, you can really start tracking what works and doesn't work in simple yes and no's too, right? You can ask your friends. Surveys are a great place to, to get data and it can just be a yes or a no. Like, yes, we like this. No, we don't. On a scale of one to five, which one do you like the most, right? So data doesn't just have to be binary or like it doesn't just have to be around numbers it can also be around the creative side of things so if you're i'm just trying to think of all the oh creative videos mm-hmm. um a lot of our clients are in you know they they actually create videos and they'll they'll write down whenever they have a video hey we used this awkward humor at minute 113 and i want to see if people actually stay longer when i use awkward humor or, hey, when I did that video, I actually used a thumbnail of a pretty girl versus, you know, the the company logo or whatever. And how did that yield on people staying on and watching the whole video, right? right. So data is not just the back end of systems. It can also just be you writing things down. How many times have you done this? What did it yield, right? So for branding, I just think people people need to... Think about it in a more creative way and track it. Just see what works. Just write it down, even in a spreadsheet, right? That's still data. All right. AJ, what about you? Um, I think another side of the creativity of data is if you're a professional services firm, an agency, or just have your own product, you can take data and put them into, uh, what are they called? Info... Infographics. Infographics, Infographics. Right. So, so, so people trust data. So when you're putting a a pie chart up, up there, people see the data. A media does it all the time when they're showing numbers, people are like, Oh, it's believable. Right. So if you can, you can use that as an asset by creatively designing it as your branding, your, your graphic design, whatever your brand is, throw in some of the numbers of, you know, your industry. 
to position you as an expert, throw in uh, stats on how well, you know, hey, we've served this many customers and we've, we've got an NPS score, which is a net promoter score of X. Uh, you know, just sharing the data with people within your same brand can really help expand your awareness and credibility with your customers. Else, um, so listeners, you look at how you can use data to scale up exponentially your brand and business and uh, the few things that you need to do firstly regardless of the size of your business you need to first track data start collecting data data basically is information they need to analyze the information ask uh, business questions around that let the data give you questions then you move the third phase into visualize so you can see clearly and analyze your data properly to make the informed decision about your business and your brand and if you you think this is so overwhelming and you need a data expert go to praxismetrics.com and talk to a data expert to help you with your data for your business growth my guest has been aj and megan aj and megan thank you so much for your time of course glad to help super super excited to do this thank you so much for having us as a pleasure i treasure Hi, so if you enjoyed this podcast, head on to Amazon.com slash author slash Bernard Kelvin and get all my books on building a successful personal brand, personal brand, corporate branding. Just go to Amazon.com slash author slash Bernard Kelvin or at best just go to Amazon.com and search for Bernard Kelvin Climb. All my books will be available to you. Just purchase copies and buy some for your friends. The best is yours.